0: Been in my mind all weekend. And it's a song we used to sing a long time ago, and I haven't heard it in quite a while. It's a chorus we used to sing. And it says, My God can do anything, anything, anything. My God can do anything. You remember that? He made the earth. Sing it with me. In all its fullness and all that time can bring, my God can do anything. You know, one time when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he asked them the question. It was a rhetorical question to something they were talking about. And he says, is there anything too hard for God? I think there is nothing too hard for God. Because we serve the God of heaven, we serve the God of earth, we serve the God who created all things, we serve the ruler of all things, and we have the ability to come to the very throne of God and bring our needs to Him. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. I want to talk to you about prayer. Prayer is a wonderful thing, and we all need to indulge in prayer talking to Jesus, and communicating with him. That is the way that we are able to understand him and allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives through prayer. So prayer is the key to the kingdom. There's another song that we used to sing a lot. It says, prayer is the key to heaven and faith unlocks the door. You remember that song? There's so much truth to that, because when we pray in faith, believing God can do anything, then God will reward us when we open up our hearts to him and and pray. So I'm going to use a scripture tonight that we're all familiar with (coughs) to try to illustrate what I want to talk to you tonight about. I'm going to talk to you about the acts of prayer. A-C-T-S, the Acts of Prayer. And I'm going to use as my scripture from Matthew, the fifth chapter and the sixth verse, I believe. No, the sixth chapter and the fifth verse. Pardon me, I had it backwards. The disciples are asking him about prayer. So that you're, the John taught his disciples to pray. Would you teach us to pray? And Jesus said, this is the way to pray. Don't and broadcast it to everybody. Go into your closet and pray in secret and you'll be rewarded openly when you do that. In other words, don't pray for a spectacular uh, showing before others that God and expecting God to bless you that way. He will not. But when we pray in humbleness and seeking Him, He will bless us. He told the disciples, He said, pray this way. Our Father, Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now I want you to notice before I get started here about three or four things about that prayer. First of all, when Jesus prayed, he hallowed the name of Jesus, or the name of God, pardon me. He made it holy. Second, he gave him the, the, uh, the recognition that he created all things. Then second, or then he asked him for their needs. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That was his service And then he says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He began his prayer with a praise to God, the glorifying God, and he ended that prayer with glorifying God, recognizing that God had heard his prayer and was going to reward that prayer. So tonight, as I talk to you, I want you to take that into consideration and kind of think about that. Prayer, as I mentioned, is our way to communicate with God. Prayer is the way that we talk to God through the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us when he went away. He told the disciples in John the 14th chapter, he said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send a comforter to you to take my place to be with you. And that's the way we talk to God and God talks to us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is God, but he is manifest in a different way rather than the Supreme. And he talks to us, he lives within us, and Jesus sent him to be that person for us. So it's important that we know how to pray as well as actually praying. The more we know about prayer, the better we communicate with God, the better we can allow him to come into our heart. The better we can open our hearts to Him, the better our, our consciousness can be given over to him so that He can lead us and guide us. So the more we know about prayer, the better we can communicate. I believe that we learn to pray, to learn to <clears throat> pray from using the Lord's Prayer as an example. And I mentioned the things in that. Through prayer, we keep in constant contact with God. And keeping in contact with God, as Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three tell us, it helps us to avoid temptation, and it helps us to avoid leaving and walking away from God because we communicate with Him. Did you ever uh, think about when you have a friend and you talk to them every day or every week, how close you are, but when you go away from them, for a year or two or 3 years how that communication just seems to to stop it doesn't it's not there and you don't understand them as well and they don't understand you as well they don't know what's going on in your life you don't know what's going in their life now when we stop communicating with God that communication is broken therefore it's necessary for we to for us to walk with God and through prayer we walk In the Spirit of God. We can can learn to obey the Spirit. When we communicate with God through the Holy Spirit, we learn to listen to Him. We learn to respond to Him. We learn to obey Him. And we learn to, to live in the Spirit of God. Galatians 5 tells us that if we live in the Spirit of God, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but I guarantee you when we stop praying and getting close to God, we will begin to partake of the things of the flesh. We will begin to move away from God rather than moving toward him, and so we need to keep that in mind when we talk to God. We need to pray in that respect, so this gets me to the acronym that I used to talk about the the attributes of prayer and what it does for us and how we are to respond to it. A C T S, Acts. A stands for adoration. As I mentioned, Jesus uh, hallowed God, Jesus made him holy in his eyes. Jesus recognized that he was King of kings and Lord of lords. And we, and when we come in to the Throne of God, we need to recognize that He is holy. We need to bow our hearts before Him in recognition that we are standing, beside, or we are spiritually standing in the, the area of the Almighty, the God, the King of Kings, the Most High, Supreme. We owe Him adoration, and we need to recognize that He is holy, and we hallow god's name through our hearts we lit we have him in our heart and we make that a holy place for god to dwell a holy place our hearts are clean before god and we make it holy the bible tells us that when god came it gives an illustration of god coming into the heart of an individual and cleaning that heart up and and sweeping it out and making it clean and then uh that person leaves God, and that heart is clean. But then the devil that was cast out of that came back with seven more worse. And when that person left God and allowed that that spirit to come back in, he was seven times worse than he was before. We need to hold, make God holy in our heart and draw near to him and. Let him know that we are his. We sanctify him and make him holy to the world. We make him holy through our lives, not necessarily the clothes we wear, but the way we act, the love that we display, the peace we have in our heart, the joy we show, the happiness and the satisfaction of serving God. And I want you to know that no matter what condition our lives are in, whether we are Wealthy, super wealthy, whether we're partly wealthy, whether we're poor, we can still live for God and have that peace and that joy in our heart knowing that God is God and God loves us and He wants us to be His children and He will take care of us no matter what the situation. For He says in His Word that He will supply our every need. Not necessarily what we want, but our every need. We sanctify him through our humbleness, coming before him and recognizing him, who we are in relation to him. Psalms 100, uh, chapter, or, yeah, chapter 100, uh, David writes that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Thanksgiving and praise. We are humble before him. So our C, A-C, stands for confession. Jesus, in the prayer, confesses who he is and who God is. When we pray, we confess who God is, who we are, and our shortcomings. We confess that we need you, God. We can't live without you, God. Our lives are empty without you, God. Our lives do not measure up to, to the holiness that we need to measure up to. We have sinned. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6:23 or 3:23 and then 6:23 he says, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we have to recognize that we are who we are, and God is who he is. There was a man one time in that's recorded in the book of Daniel. In fact, his name was Daniel. And he stood at the, at the window of his dwelling, his apartment, or however they had it back then, and he opened his window three times daily toward Jerusalem, and he prayed. And you know what the Bible records his prayer was? His prayer was a prayer of confession. He confessed of the sins of the children of Israel, and that the reason that they were in captivity was because of that sin, and he confessed those every day. Not only the sins of the other Jews, but he confessed his own sin as well. That was Daniel. He was one of the highest individuals in the kingdom at that time. I think we probably all know the story of Daniel, how he was cast into the lion den, and the the Spirit of God was there and closed those lions' mouth. And because of that prayer, that confession, and that dwelling with God and God dwelling in his heart, God saved him from those lions. So God does marvelous things when we humble ourselves, when we confess before God. And John tells us in the first chapter of John that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Second Chronicles uh, seven fourteen says that if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and what? Forgive their sins and heal their land. Now let me let me talk about this a minute. I have read A fair amount of the Word of God and a lot of the promises in God. I don't think I've read them all, but I've read many of them. And you know, I've never, that I can remember, never read a promise from God that didn't come with a stipulation. Did you know that? Just listen to these two promises right here. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He won't unless we confess them to him. Second Chronicles. This is, has four stipulations in it. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. We have to do something on our part. We have to confess our sins and we have to be willing to turn from our sins and to do what God wants us to according to his word. And then we can rest assured that God's promises, all of God's promises, will be lifted or will be available for us. When we humble ourselves before God and lift him up, he will lift us up. He will strengthen us. He will make us sturdy. He will fulfill our lives, and he will lift us up. God wants to help us. When we come to him in our weakness, God will turn that weakness into strength. Listen to what he says in James 4 and 10. He says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Again, the stipulation, humble yourselves, and then he will lift you up. This is something that I want you to understand that we have to do something to get God's blessing in our life. We can't just sit back and say, God, you send an angel to do this. I'm not saying God won't do that. It's very possible that he will. But God expects us to do something in our lives. He expects us to make a move toward him in order for him to do make a move toward us. Another place in God's word, it says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. He will do that after we make the move to draw nigh to him. So we need to understand that these are in God's promises. Luke 18 says, <clears throat> gives us another example of showing our humbleness before God and how God rewards our humbleness. In this, chap- in this portion of the, the Bible, Jesus tells a parable of two men. One was a Pharisee and one was a publican. The Pharisee came and stood out in the street and prayed and said, God, you know what I've done. I've obeyed the law. I've, I've done this and I've done that. And basically he said, I've earned your blessing. The publican was standing away from the crowd, bowed his head, couldn't even look up to God and said, God, forgive me, a sinner. And you know what Jesus said about who God honored? God honored the publican. He didn't honor that Pharisee. He honored the one that was humble before him. He doesn't honor our pride. In fact, Proverbs tells us that pride goes before destruction. Pride will lead us away from God, but humbleness will bring us toward God and allow God to work in our lives. So we have the A and the C, the A for adoration, the C for confession, then we have the T. The T stands for thanksgiving. Through thanksgiving, we respond to God's love. We uh, are being thankful for what God has done for us. We're thankful for our relationship with God. And I think that there are three things, basic things, that every one of us can be thankful for. One of those is our salvation, which is extremely important our salvation. I don't know about you, but I think it's very important that I'm going to have everlasting life promised to me. Jesus said that we would have everlasting life if we came to him. He said for God it's written for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal or everlasting life. Now you know there's a difference between eternal life and everlasting life. Did you know that? God is eternal. God never was, or there was no one before God. There was no one after God, there will be no one after God. There was no beginning of God, and there will be no ending of God. We have everlasting life promise because there was a beginning to us. When we were conceived and the breath of God, came, or the, the breath of life came into our bodies, then we began our tenure. And then when we accepted Jesus Christ, we will have everlasting life for we'll never die in God's kingdom. We'll die on this earth, but we'll never die in God's kingdom when we allow him to come into our life and we live for him and we surrender to him. So we have to realize that, that we need to be thankful for our salvation. We need to be thankful for the presence of God in our life just like i said jesus said he would send the holy spirit to live within us to dwell within us and be our guide and to be our paraclete our comforter he'll be the he's the one that that really uh, we talk to god through the holy spirit and we have a perfect right to pray to the holy spirit because he is god he's just as much god as jesus and god he just has a different basically administration in in the way he works. So we have the presence of God in our life. And then the blessings that we receive from our lives. We receive these blessings no matter who we are. When we know God, he will bless our lives. And he will take care of us, as I said. The blessings of life. The fact that we have people that love us and we love people. The psalmist David, gives us an an illustration about thankfulness. In the 26 Psalms, he writes that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of your wondrous works. We are thankful, and it's our duty to tell of the wondrous works of God. The first wondrous work that we need to tell about is our own salvation. We need to testify of the goodness of God, how he has come into our hearts, how he has cleansed us from our sins, how he has made us a new creature, how he has given us life. We need to broadcast that to the world. There is no better testimony in the world than our own words about what God has done. We can quote scripture, and that's wonderful, but the most convincing testimony in the world is what God has done for us and to show that to the world and so we need to be thankful for that again in the 95th psalm chapter or verses 1 and 2 David said let us come before the presence before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto the Lord in psalms so we need to rejoice when we come to him we need to be thankful To him we need to praise him just like we did this evening when when we have the opportunity to lift our hands and praise god we need to do that and make him supreme in our lives so we have the a adoration c confession t thanksgiving the s the s stands for supplication and service supplication in the lord's prayer did this thing get louder Seems like it to me. It bothers me. In case you didn't know, I'm I'm not used to using a mic. If I do, it's one that goes around your head. But anyway, supplication and service. Did you see the service in Lord in the Lord's Prayer when we when we uh, quoted it? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's service, folks. That's service because the love of God. Jesus said that if we, right after this in Matthew, he said if we do not forgive those that have sinned against us, God will not forgive us. We have to do that service. We have to serve God. First of all, we serve God because he is God because of what he's done for us because of the love that he's put in our hearts and then we serve our fellow man because of that love Galatians 5:13 says you have been called to liberty Paul talking to the Christians there only use not this liberty for an occasion of the flesh but to by love serve one another we are to serve or show the love of God to others as he has shown it has shown it to us we are to provide that love for others we are to help our Christian brothers and sisters in our in love we are to walk in love we are even to serve other people sinners who maybe don't like what we do we are still to serve them in love, showing them that God loves them and wants them to be saved. And you know what the will of God is? The will of God is, as Second Peter tells us, that he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. doesn't make any difference who we are, how bad we've been, how we've sinned. doesn't make any difference we're 10 years old or we're 99 years old. He still wants us to come to him, and he will accept us when we confess our sins to him. And we need to show that to the world around us, that God is here to accept them if they will come to him. So we need to do that. And then supplication. Supplication in the Lord's Prayer was, give us this day our daily bread. He's asking for for this. The Scripture tells us in Philippians 6 and James and and Hebrews that we are to come to God and ask him for what we need. The Bible tells us that he, he knows we have need of what we have need of even before we ask, but it pleases our Father that we ask. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, four, tells us that Jesus was sacrificed for us. And it tells us that he, we serve not a high priest, which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. Therefore, come boldly before the throne of grace. Come boldly before the throne of grace. God wants us to bring our needs to Him. God wants us to rely on Him. God wants us to put Him in that place of responsibility, of providing for us. When we know Him as our Savior, He he will do that, but He wants us to come. Just like uh, a dad wants his son, even though he knows what his son needs, he likes for that son to come and ask him for it. Or he likes for that daughter to come and sit on his lap and say, Sweet Daddy, could I have this? Even though he knows what she needs and what good for her, and when she asks him, he'll probably give it to her if he can, all do, uh, can do it at all. And that's the way God is. He wants us to come to him and ask him for this and expect him to provide for us. Timothy 2 uh, instructs us that Jesus is our intercessor. Therefore, we are to come in supplication before the Father in the name of Jesus. Now, that's the last point I'm going to bring about our prayer. Jesus said in, in uh, the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, I think it's in all three, three books, he said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Or if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask what you will and it shall be done. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And when we come to the Father through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, Jesus is our intercessor. And he intercesses with the Father to to provide our needs and our desires. Now let me warn you, though, sometimes our desires is not the will of God. And we might be sorry that we get what we pray for we always need to pray in the will of God and ask that it be according to the will of God. So prayer, the acts of prayer. A, adoration. C, confession. T, thanksgiving. S, service and supplication. These are the acts that we need to go through when we pray. So God is here, and God... I feel, wants me to add a little addendum to this message that I wasn't planning on adding, but I feel like the Spirit is saying tonight that I am here, speaking for the Holy Spirit, I am here to provide your needs. I am here to heal your body. I am here to do what you need done in your life. If you have a problem, you depend on me. You depend on my Father, God, and we will take care of it. I feel that God wants us to have that message tonight. And so with that, I'm going to ask you, is there anyone here that has a need that is bothering you, you need prayer for, and you want prayer for? We will join with you in prayer and ask God and expect God to meet your needs. I don't know about you, but I've seen people who were blind have their blind eyes open. I've seen people who couldn't walk get up and walk. And sometimes, I'll be very truthful with you, we don't understand why God doesn't heal us. But there's a reason for that, I'm sure. God only knows. Sometimes he heals certain ways, sometimes he doesn't. But I've seen these different miracles. I've seen people who were hard of hearing, couldn't hear to be healed through the prayers, the faithful prayers of the saints. So depend on God. If you have a need, come to the front and we'll pray for you. I'm giving you that invitation. You take you take it now and trust in God. And we'll